the Leash Today Talking Sport podcast, brought to you in association with Booth Concrete. Booth Concrete provide high-quality concrete products to Leash and the surrounding counties. Thinking concrete, think Booth Concrete. When quality matters. All right, so welcome to a special edition of the Leash Today Talking Sport podcast. My name's Mark Comerford, and I'm here with the regulars, Alan and Stephen. How are you, lads? Good. Not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, we're going to be delving into the Rugby World Cup today, um, which was my idea, so we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, it'll be a, a weekly thing as the weeks progress during the tournament, but if Ireland start getting whooped, as could it well happen, we might yeah, we might postpone a few. So, um, Alan is not overly familiar with the world of rugby. I wouldn't say he hates it or anything, but he's not, he does, not a big he does fan. He hates rugby. He hates rugby. <laughs> well, you're with two rugby nerds today, Alan. So explain yourself. Why do you hate rugby? I, I don't. I don't hate it. I just wouldn't go out of my way to um, to watch it. Uh, like I think, what time are Ireland playing at on Saturday? Did you tell me? Half two, I think it is. I have the times here. Half two. Um, yeah, I'd probably be able to watch that. But whereas if Man United were playing a half two, I'd be planning my day around it. So that, that's where the, 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 <laughs> the, the difference would be, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I have a bit of a schedule here. I might help you catch a game or two. All going well. So um, I suppose... Before, before you get into the schedule and that, um, do you guess why there's hate towards rugby now Alan says he doesn't hate it but there are a lot of people who do hate rugby I absolutely do get it yeah uh, it, because it's perceived as being a posh elitist upper class kind of a sport which I think is completely wide of the mark but I don't think I think the people who feel that way will never change their opinion of that well, historically, it has been that. Historically, it has been the the, the elitist upper class sport. Historically, yes, but I don't think that holds any water anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I'd say how many of the Ireland team were privately educated, and and that's and that's that, that's where the rugby was played played in in you know predominantly played over time. And but it's it is there are some outliers. Tig Furlong. Um, I say you count on one hand the amount of players on the Irish team that went to school in Ireland that weren't privately educated. Well, I, I think one follows the other but because there's very few rugby clubs. Like in Leash, there's only two. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So if you want to play rugby at any kind of high level, you kind of have to go towards a more elite end and, and look towards your education first. Whereas if you want to play soccer, hurling or football, you can go to any town in the country and you get a game. You know, it's also, like, it, it is also a more difficult sport to play, and like I don't mean that like technically. Like, well, it is technical to an extent. Like you can't go into a scrum without having proper coaching. Like anyone can go out playing soccer. Like soccer has a lower, lower sort of threshold in terms of accessing. You know, you literally can play a game of soccer anywhere. It's a truly global sport. Hurling, hurling is another one. Like you need to hurl a helmet, um, and to be a bit mad to play hurling. <laughs> I think you need to be a bit mad to play rugby as well. I think they have that in common. You also have to be from certain geographical parts of the county or the country to play hurling. You know, exactly, it's a geographical uh, sport. This is, we're getting a bit off the off the ball here now. Um, 
going down. Well, I will say one one thing in rugby's defence in terms of inclusivity. I mean, if you're a fat lad like me, you can play rugby. If you're a small, <laughs> short, skinny lad, you can play rugby. Like, like there is a position for everybody. <laughs> there is a position for everybody on a rugby pitch. That's true. Yeah, that's you know, that is absolutely true. Um, but anyway, Did we you play will. Rugby? You played rugby. I played. I played for Port. Okay. So you and I would have been bitter enemies, yeah. Hey, I played. I played in Port and and I just have you know. I I did go to Ross Gray. I did go to a boarding school. I I played junior cup rugby. I never played senior cup rugby, and it's one of my biggest regrets in life. I, why? Why didn't you play senior rugby? Well, I didn't make it. Oh, all right. <laughs> I thought you decided not to play. All right, sorry, sorry. <laughs> well, you see, I tell you, I I broke my jaw before the start of fifth year, and. Um, that sort of put me on the back foot, but my attitude wasn't great. And like, it's much harder to make it senior cup rugby. And we also, I, I played out half in junior cup rugby. And there was uh, a guy came into Ross Gray. He was one of the first scholarships came in and he ended up playing with Ireland under 19 or under 20. So say he was a bit better than me as well. It was sort of... <laughs> what about you, Mark? Did you play rugby in school? No, I never played at any, I never played at any high level. Um I suppose you could say I played internationally because I messed around when I was living in Toronto. Uh, <laughs> I passed a rugby ball and got into a few scrums and stuff like that, but I never played at any kind of level, no. Port, I think Port under 14s or under 16s would have been the highlight of my career. I, I'm actually I'm actually no longer a member of Port Leash. Well, I, I do the Lotto, the, the Port Leash Rugby Club Lotto, but I no longer remember a Port Leash Rugby Club, Alan Mark. I, um, I'm, I'm a Gary Owen man. I worked in Limerick oh. 10 years ago and I transferred. I actually had to transfer play with Gary Owen. One of the top clubs in the country. I played two games, came on as a sub twice for their thirds, and yes. uh, just didn't stick at it. But it was a great club. Gary Owen, the, the club rugby scene in, in, in Limerick is absolutely class. It's quite close to what the club GA scene would be here. Um, And, and there's a, a unique thing in Limerick club rugby where I don't think it's in the Dublin clubs. It's definitely not in Port Leash or in, in provincial clubs where all the clubs have an anthem and they sing oh. it. And, matches and the likes of Shannon Shannon's anthem like is there is an aisle and it's an absolutely thick and brilliant song and the time Anthony Foley died all the Shannon members sung it outside of Toman Park as the often was passing by um, and it was just like it's a real you'd have to look at there is an aisle there is an aisle a bonnie aisle and it goes on and it's just it's haunting it's an absolutely haunting song and the Gary Owen one Gary Owen one is a bit more cringy um let, let our forwards do the duty and the backs will follow up. Uh, sort of crooked. But it is, it is cool. They sing it in the dressing room. Sing it in the dressing room and all that, I'm sure. It, it's, it's, not just, uh, it's not just you. I, I actually, Mark, would believe, did play rugby once. Um, when uh, You didn't know this, no, I hadn't told you this before, but when we were in uh, transition year in Knockbeg, um, which Knockbeg, obviously, be hurling and football. The mighty, mighty Knockbeg. Yeah, and there'd be football in Harden, um mainly, obviously, oh, nearly solely. But um, when we were in TY, uh, the IRFU did this project where they would send a coach out to a non-rugby school uh, for, I think it was 12 weeks, maybe. And they would teach us how to play rugby. So, like, we did everything from scrums, line-outs, um, what other, what other things, rooking, um, mauling, uh, all this type of stuff. And the whole thing was that we were doing it and Carlos CBS were doing it. So the idea was that by the time um, you, you got to uh, the end of the 12 weeks, us and Carlos CBS played a match in 
Carlo Rugby Club. Um, so I think we had something like 40 in TY. Now, not everybody obviously did it, but most people did. I don't know how many we talked out for the day of the actual match. Now, I don't know how, I can't remember how long the game was. Um, I, I, I doubt it was like we would have been 16, so I doubt it was a full 80 minutes. I, I don't know. But um, I do remember that we had plays, like we used to have, you know, when we'd have the ball, we'd have plays. Yeah. So like the fact that we'd won that who played rugby, he played for Carlo, is it Carlo FC or Carlo Town or I don't know what they call it or something. Uh, yeah, we won that play for that. But the, we had, he had all different plays. like So he'd, he'd call it a different play and we'd have to execute it. Then I was playing out in the wing. Uh, I was quick back then, not quick anymore. But um, we, uh, we, I just remember the game was a mess, like because everybody keep knocking the ball on and be a scrum, and then be uh, someone to do something. Lads be offside, lads be throwing it this way and everywhere. But it ended up um, five 0 We scored a try with the last play, basically, of the game, and the conversion was missed, but there was no more time. But I think one of the lads got sent off for like. Um, and he he the ball was on the ground in the, in the was it a rook or a ball a rook is that what you call it when everyone's on top one another and and he went in with his boot and stuck it in someone's head and got got sent off so um <laughs> you know more than you're letting on so Alan you're not uh... I, I, I'm not complete no no that was the once that's it so we did it for twelve weeks and it was great crack but the other the other thing that I found was very funny one time not funny but one of the lads we were there we were training and we don't know this was before gum shields in GA so like none of us wore gum shields we but this was alien concept to us like so we all had to wear gum shields but we wouldn't because we we didn't like them because like you know we we're footballers not rugby players but one lad on the team was actually a rugby player and he used to wear the gum shields and Emma Malone from Barra House that would be we'll know from playing football we were training one day and the boys were running or doing some tackling or whatever and your man that was wearing the gum shields was coming in to tackle Emmett and Emmett was running away from him and your man fell the gum shields fell out of his mouth and his his mouth fell onto the back of Emmett's foot and he, his two front teeth were knocked out. And he was the only lad wearing gum shields and he ended up with no front teeth. So there you go. Um but uh, yeah, so not 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 as illustrious now as Gary Owen or, or Shannon or wherever uh, Stephen ended up, but I did have some uh rugby. That a bit with Port Leash full season with Port Leash under twenties. It was an absolutely brilliant season. It used to be this competition, the Harry Gale Cup, and Port Leash won it two two years in a row. And I played the third year, the year they were going for three in a row. And it was great. Like, there was lads from everywhere playing at, all over the county. And, and really well coached. Um, and one of the, J- Jamie Cavan and Alan Kingsley were the star men of the years before me, let's say. Um, and the, the, the ver- very good. A Portish Rugby Club at that time was, was brilliant. They were in a couple of Towns Cup finals. So there was a great buzz around the club. But it was the one thing, uh, we, got to the, we got beaten in the final afterwards by Kildara Port Harrington over in the tie in the final of it. But the one thing I like to say, I, I was out half on it. The one thing I remember... The matches were forty minutes a half, so you were coming from GA. Like I, I've, I've never, I, I've never really played. I never played soccer at all. Hardly I played one or two matches with the Bally Britis B team <laughs> another time. Most, <laughs> um, but that was the thing I couldn't get back and length of the matches. Like you'd be 25, 27 minutes into it, and you'd be there. Jeez, it must be nearly half time yet. There was not about 13, 15 minutes to go. Um, it was really. But it's, I suppose I often I went back a couple of times, played a bit with the seconds. Went back. I, I remember one season, Portisha, four teams, and um, they have a fourth team. And maybe even a fifth team that will go into it. They might only play in a cup, sort of, at April time of year. But uh, that, uh, that was the one thing. And, and it's a big drawback to the likes of Port Leash or Port Arrington. They rely on a lot of GA players. And 
with the GACs and now going later. Uh, it starts later and it finishes later for more teams. And I think it's the reason why there are so, such a drop-off in soccer teams is that the GA season now goes on longer. But I used to find that the GA season went to the middle of October or so. And you were after missing maybe all the pre-season and the first six or seven weeks of the season. It was harder to go back, especially to play thirds or so. And the other thing is, if you were playing junior C football or any level of football, and I'm from Anunnaki, you might be playing the Heat in a league match or something, literally five miles away, you know, you could play rugby down in Enniscore to you or up in Longford or Dundalk or somewhere and you'd be gone all day Sunday and it definitely didn't uh, didn't uh, didn't align with the job I was working at where you'd you know, be covering matches or whatever. So don't think I don't think my rugby... I, I went back and played a bit of tag rugby there one of the years at least today and I got sinbin for hand-tripping a, like a 17-year-old girl or something. <laughs> a highlight of your career. Yeah. Uh, it was accidental, but... Was it... Was that, no, it was... A, I definitely deserve the sin bin, but it was accidental. <laughs> well, the lads we're going to talk about today are a slightly higher standard than the three of us anyway. So um, the first thing anyway I'd like to tell Alan is that the big thing, they're called pools, not groups in oh, rugby. So don't get confused if you hear us talking about pool A, pool B, whatever. It means the exact same thing. So I was just going to give a rundown of, uh, of the pools. I was talking to Stephen there beforehand and you were saying you haven't been paying very close attention to it, so you might learn you might learn something here as well. Um so the big thing, Alan, is it's been a big talking point. Even you've probably heard of this, is that all the big ti- big teams, the potential winners, are all on the one side of the group. Or on oh. the one side of the tournament. So in pool A you have two potential winners, and in pool B you have the other two potential winners. So pool A is New Zealand, France, Italy uh, Uruguay and Namibia. Uh, now, New Zealand and France are as good as guaranteed to get out of that pool as anybody else. And they're actually playing the opening match that's on Friday night. Oh. Um, so Stade that's a game. Yes, indeed. Uh, yes, yeah, Stade de France, first game of the tournament. Um, I think that's a, an ideal one for you to watch, Alan. France and New Zealand, because I don't think there's much. GA on Friday night that you'll need to cover and I think you could park yourself down in front of the TV for a couple of hours and watch two of the best teams that have ever played rugby and if nothing else you get to watch the Hacker Oh yeah, the Hacker, yeah, I like the Hacker I like the Hacker, yeah uh, the, I thought they have different variations of the Hacker Don't Tonga have one and Fiji have one and Western Samoa have one, no, they all have a Hacker They do and they have different types of Hacker as well depending on what, who they're playing they- and what the occasion is those countries don't call it a hack. It's called something different. Oh, no, no, no. They're, they're a war dance, but I, I don't know the name of them. Oh. I actually think the hack is a heap of shite because, like... What problem with them doing it in their country as a custom? But, like, the Irish rugby team, Bantams, which is a whole different story, but they're only allowed to perform one of them when they play away from home. Yet the hack is allowed to be performed as well as the New Zealand national anthem when they're away from home. Like it's it's perceived as it's a big part of the rugby brand, and uh, people like it. it. It does make for good TV in that. Like you'll see mm. the kids, really cool. Um, but I think like I've seen it now for I've been watching rugby thirty years or so longer, and like the novelty to me now was absolutely worn off it. I would I would tend to agree with you. I think just like Ireland's call and our on the vein, I think it should be do it at home. 
get the politics out of the way at home and whatever else, and then business when you're away from home. Because I don't see why they should get this. And it, like, it definitely gives them an advantage. There's no doubt about it. It gives them an advantage. Yeah, no, it has. Like, it, it, it's it's sort of like they're doing things on their terms. And like, you know, France there would play there. Like, France are the host country, and France will have their wonderful national anthem. New Zealand will have their national anthem, and then New Zealand get to do their war dance. You know. Anyway, yeah, rants. We're, we're moving. We're, our, our rant is going into that's the- our first rant. I I imagine there'll be a few more. Um. Now, Pool B, that's where you'll find Ireland, and we are in with the world champions, South Africa. We're also in with Scotland, Tonga, and Romania, who were playing first. Um, now, the big controversy about this is that the World Cup draw was made, what, three years ago, and it was based on the last World Cup. So what you've ended up with here is a pool, where, uh, definitely the pool of death, because you have Ireland, who are ranked number one in the world, South Africa, who are ranked number two or three, and Scotland, who are ranked number five. Um, so you have three of the top five teams in the world all in the same pool, and they're paired with the other two teams, France and New Zealand. So basically, you're going to have two or three three of the top five teams are going to be gone by the quarterfinals. Do they not have to qualify for, to play in the Rugby World Cup? No, that doesn't exist, does it? There's no top the top 12 teams from one World Cup qualify automatically for the next World Cup. But isn't there something with the rankings? Isn't there oh. So, oh, yeah, they might automatically, but there is something with the rankings by a certain date. No, it's not why November Internationals sometimes carry significant, more significance than usual because you become a number one or number two ranked team based on where you are in the rankings at that time or number three. So, like, like look at Scotland. Scotland were obviously... Scotland are the third-ranked team in Ireland's group. And it was based on the rankings, what, two years ago or whatever. Like, if, if Scotland, if it was being done now, Scotland would be a number two-ranked team and they couldn't they couldn't end up with Ireland and South Africa. They'd only have one of them. Yeah, well, they're, they're trying to change that and I think they will change it for the next World Cup because of the way this has worked out. Now, this is purely an anomaly. Like, this has never happened before that all the top five teams have all... Inside the draw. Yeah, like I mean, Ireland and Scotland were both pretty poor at the last World Cup. Scotland didn't get out of their pool. Ireland were knocked out by New Zealand in the quarters. Hammered. Um, hammered, yeah. Um, well, that was because we lost to Japan. Hmm. You know, like, if things had been differently, like, you, you'll see in the next side of the draw, you have an entire side of the draw where there's no hope of any of them winning it. Um. Uh, do you know Gosh. the way they play those, um, you, what do you call them, international tests? Instead of playing those November and summer series, would it not be better to go, okay, well, we have the top four teams, next four, next four, and they play like Nations League style. And then at the end of that, in November, before, when is the, the World Cups now? September. So then in the summertime, those friendlies that they played back there, sorry, tests that they played back there in the summertime, use them as the final bit of ranking and then have your World Cup draw. Rather, what, three years ago? Sure, half, half the Irish team didn't, don't exist from three years ago, I would imagine. I, am I wrong in saying that? No, no, you're you're right. Like, at any given World Cup, there could be half a squad turned over. Yeah. Like, there could be 10, 15 lads who will never play at the next World Cup. Do you know what I mean? But, yeah, it, it's completely unfair. But because it's completely unfair, I think that's going to make this the best World Cup ever. 
Oh, really? Because normally you would have the four or the six best teams all separated nicely and you could see a path where they'd all get through to the semis. Whereas now you've got four really interesting groups. You're guaranteed to have all the top teams playing each other. It's going to make the, the pool stages more interesting. It's going to make uh, the quarterfinals absolutely massive. And it's going to make the, the weaker side of the draw interesting as well because some of the smaller teams have a really good chance of getting out of their pool, some for the first time ever. Um, so I think it's going to be... I think and it's going does, to work. Does it mean that Ireland will have to play either France or New Zealand in the quarterfinal? Is that, is that Definitely, what's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. Sure, they'll, they'll lose again, so and will be ever continuing that they can't get by quarterfinals. That'd be, that'd be what would be expected to happen? Not only have we never won a quarterfinal, we've never won a knockout match. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you a good one about that one in 1999. So I obviously love... Uh, um, I obviously love my bit of nostalgia. In 1999, I was in transition year, and my one one of my mini companies had a couple of different things going on at the time. But one the one that set me up was um, in transition year was a, a predictions competition. The entire school, I tell you, it could have been two euro pounds. Pounds was before the euro came in. The entire school jumped on Ireland to beat uh, jumped on Ireland to beat Argentina. I remember what in boarding school, the different common rooms, ads watching it, everyone storming out, disgusted after Argentina bet. At Ireland, in it's sort of a round of sixteen game. Um, although it was un- it was only one round of sixteen game because the number. No, it, that, that was the original preliminary quarter final, wasn't it? That's for that. The preliminary quarter final in in Lawn Wednesday night, and uh, um, yeah, the entire school had Argentina or Ireland picked, and myself and my two or three buddies uh, made a killing because, <laughs> because nobody could go through to the next round because Ireland were knocked out. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's actually the same World Cup I had my first ever bet. I bet on France to beat Australia in the final. Yeah, France beat the quarterfinal that year, didn't they? Or was it semi final? Absolutely incredible game in Twickenham. That was wasn't that the quarters where New Zealand were wearing their grey jerseys? Oh, that was two thousand seven. Jesus, no, I think it was the quarterfinals anyway. But I'll bow down to you and put down the jersey they were wearing. Um, it's also yeah, that, that was, that's the first World Cup I can properly remember. South Africa beat England in the quarterfinal, and a lad called Yanni De Beer scored five drop goals. Oh, Jesus. You're, <laughs> you're better at it than I am, let me tell you. <laughs> you don't remember 1991 then? 1987 is the only World Cup I don't remember. It was played in New Zealand, and it was, there was the issue with the national anthem in 1987, and Ireland got to the quarterfinal. It was played in New Zealand and Australia. And Ireland got to the the first World Cup, um, the, the World Cup when it came in in 1987. But uh, Ireland had no national anthem. They couldn't play a Ron Levine because of the, obviously the issue with the uh, with the uh, the Ulster players and, and the problem there. So they played the Rose of Shirley as their anthem. <laughs> I saw that this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One then they got to the quarter final, and I remember this one as a young fella. I remember this one as a young fella. They got to the quarter final. And it was in Lansdowne Road. The the World Cup was hosted by Ireland, England, Scotland, and Wales. It was a giant effort, and like it was still very new. Ireland got to the quarter final against Australia, and with about a minute to go, they got an unbelievable try in the corner from a flanker from Ulster called Gordon Hamilton, uh, right in the corner. And um, I think it was Ralph Keyes from Cork kicked a conversion, and they went maybe nineteen fifteen or tries were nineteen maybe sixteen ahead, and Australia came back from the kickoff and. David Campisi got the drives 
wonderful Australian player got the try in the corner and Michael Lina was the, was the kicker and uh, take the conversion it was heartbreaking so Ireland could have been true to a World Cup semi-final and the World Cup semi-final was against New Zealand in the old Lansdowne Road the following Sunday it was just it, it was huge at the time it was, uh, there was a game on the PlayStation called John Olomo Rugby and uh, the only reason I know about what you're talking about is because in the game it was John Olomo Rugby 96 or 97 on the PS1 yep. but on the game you had to recreate that um, that that moment. So Ireland yeah. scored a try, and you have to go and score the try for for Australia to to win it in the corner. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, that was in ninety five. Then was in South Africa. That was the year. The ninety five was um, South Africa won the final. The the poison New Zealand in the that was the year of Joe. <laughs> the, the New Zealand players all got food poisoning the night before the final for some bizarre reason. Ireland played New Zealand in the group stages that that year, and he died. Um, he was he was president of down in Cistercian Rossgrave where where I went myself. He, um, what was his name? He he was a prop. Gary Halpin. Gary Halpin scored a try after two minutes, and he went up to the New Zealand by sticking the fingers up to them. <laughs> that and then New Zealand came back and bet the solid crap out of them. Ireland were badly beaten by France in the quarter final, and then that was the, the quarter final. Lomu like scored. He scored four tries against England in the quarter final. Walked over, yeah, walked over them. Literally walked over them. With Carling and the Underwoods walked over them. Um, that was ninety nine. Then was the year Ireland made a shite of it against Argentina. And who won the final? Did Australia beat France in the final? Australia beat France in the final. Yeah, two thousand three was a brilliant in Cardiff. In Cardiff, yeah. Ireland hosted. That was Ireland played Argentina that year. I remember Trevor Brennan got the the head bet off him by. Was it Toto Kef? Someone like that in the in the game. <laughs> they got absolutely wild. Up that one on YouTube. Oh, three then. Ireland are in there. Australia in the group. And then France hammered him in the quarterfinal. Oh, seven was a complete farce in France where they barely beat. Um, that was... Georgia. And who was Namibia. Namibia. Uh, and, then, and see, that, that, that group, um, Argentina threw it wide open that by beating France in the opening game. In the first game of it. They got to the... They got to the... Third, fourth playoff actually that tournament. Yeah, I think they played France in that. Yeah, uh, Carletto scored this unbelievable try in the first game against France, and then who South Africa? England, England were dire. South Africa bet them in the group stage, like something like thirty-three nil, and then England went and got back to the final. Yeah, well, they did something similar in the last World Cup as well. That's the, England got the last final, didn't they? Yeah, in the against South Africa again. New Zealand in the semi-final was a second cracking game yeah. and then World Cup well, 7 was a disaster 11 Ireland did well because they beat Australia and then lost narrowly enough to, to Wales which wasn't that like Ireland and Wales used more or less beat each other every second time um, well I, I was in Canada for that World Cup and my now wife was in New Zealand I think she was actually at the Wales France semi-final it was her first game of rugby to ever see was a World Cup semi-final uh, but I was I was watching that Wales quarter-final in a basement in Toronto at about half four in the morning, drinking Bulmers. <laughs> Absolutely depressed out of my head watching Ireland get beat by a a bang average Wales team. Yeah, bang average Wales team. But Wales nearly got to the final. Lap. Wales got shafted. Didn't they? Didn't Wales? Didn't Sam Warburton got semi final? He got a yeah red card against France that probably shouldn't have been a red card. And then in the final, France played New Zealand, and the referee. As they say in these parts, he got in and kicked with New Zealand. Well, was that not the was that not the 
the the try the France scored that was a, a well forward pass. Was no, that the, no. That we're going back to two thousand seven now. That that game mm. that the jerseys. Oh yeah, right. Yes, that is the grey jerseys. Yeah, New Zealand. New Zealand the seven final. We're down to about their fourth choice out half because Carter got injured. And who was this? It was Luke Donald. See, Stephen Donald. Luke Donald, the golfer. I thought it was Luke. Maybe it is Stephen Donald. Donald. Anyway, Donald. He played with bat. Played bat in England. Yeah. Um, and then that was that was eleven. That was a good World Cup. Oh, and Ireland did relatively well in that one. It did a great win against Australia in the group stages, which gave them a great chance. And it would have been, Jesus, France were so beatable in that quarter for that semi-final. That was it. And then the next one was when the bet France in the, in the group stages or pool stages in Cardiff. And then everyone got injured. O'Connell well, tore his hamstring. Was Sexton even injured? Didn't need Manny going to have to play in the quarter-final against uh, Argentina? Argentina, yeah. We were missing five of our starting 15. Yeah. Sean O'Brien got suspended. What did he do? Did he kick a lad up the arse or something? He punched. He punched one of the French lads in the stomach or something like that oh. near the end of the game. Yeah. Paul O'Connor yeah. is off the bone. That was the end. Tommy of Tommy Ball. It was. Yeah, he was supposed to go to. He was supposed to go to Toulon, and he yeah. um, that never happened. No. Yeah, that was that was desperate. Then fifteen. That was that was fifteen. That was fifteen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, and then nineteen. Then was the last. I was one. in Japan. I was in. I was in Japan for that. Yeah, yeah. That was a. That was like Ireland were going into the World Cup. I think they were world number one, maybe two or three games before the actual World Cup started, and just everyone had read our playbook and they had Joe Smith read inside out, and it just never happened at that World Cup. Like they absolutely tanked against. Scotland, but then they lost to Japan a week later and went out with a whimper in the quarters against New Zealand. Yeah, Japan were the story that world. I remember Japan beating South Africa in the 2015 World Cup. 15 in England. I was in Japan for that as well, actually. Yeah. And and then Japan beat Scotland and Ireland. Yeah, topped the group or topped the pool and then got South Africa in the quarters. Genie. I know. Look, it's brilliant. When, when, When it starts, like any tournament, it just takes over for those five or six weeks or whatever, and it's absolutely great. what. Like, do you think? Do you think? What what what's your view on Ireland? Like, I'd say Alan is right, even though he he doesn't he hates rugby. Uh, I'd say he's right in that Ireland will be knocked out in the quarterfinal again. Well, okay, I was going to call it on France winning it up until last week when they started getting injury after injury. So, uh, Intermac is their kicker, or well, he's not their kicker, but he's their fly half. He's gone for the whole tournament. Who's kicking uh, for? Uh, well, Ramos, the fullback, will be kicking, and I'd say Jaminet will probably play fly out. Uh, Willemsa, the big guy in the second row, he's out for the whole tournament. Dante, who's the best centre in the world, in my opinion, he's out for the New Zealand game and yeah. possibly the rest. And uh, Cyril Bailly, who's the only loose head that could put it up to Andrew Porter, in my opinion. So they're missing the four of them. So before... Say two weeks ago, when they were all fit, I was picking France to win it out. They're at home. They're the best player in the world in Dupont. They're the best team in the world. I thought they were going to win it. But I've changed tack now, and um, I, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I actually think Ireland might 
do it. I don't think there's a hope in hell. <laughs> They've a very tough draw, but we've had easy draws in the past and that hasn't made yeah. any difference. So. But to win it, are we saying, well, it should be as well. It, it makes no real difference beating or losing the South African ones that don't go and make a mess of it against Scotland. Yeah, you know, because they have to play France or New Zealand yeah, in anyway. the quarters. So I don't think it matters against... And will they have to play France or New Zealand in the semi-final or South Africa? No. No. It's They'll be playing somebody from the other side oh, of yeah, the draw. It, it, it does come in after that from, from the other side yeah. of the draw, yeah. So realistically, you're looking at... If Ireland win their pool, then the semi-final is against more than likely Australia. Okay. And if they finish second in their pool, the semi-final could be against England or Argentina. Okay. Depending on who wins yeah. their pool. Who else is in the Ar- England-Argentina pool? Japan, Samoa, and Chile. Okay. So that won't be easy at all. No, that's a, that's a pool that is wide open to wide a, open. A, a shock second team coming out of it. Yeah, I think Argentina... What's the other group then? Wales? That's the best one. That's the one I'm really looking mm. forward to because it's Wales... Fiji. Fiji, who are the highest-ranked team in that pool now. Are Fiji higher-ranked than Wales? Yeah. yeah. And Australia. Australia are in that pool Fiji as well. Fiji up, yeah. yeah. Australia. Uh, yeah. Georgia, yeah. who could definitely yeah. pull off a few upsets. And Portugal. Okay, who are? are yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. going to be the whipping boys. Yeah. Um, but that would be a very interesting pool. F- F- didn't Fiji knock Fiji knocked Wales out of it in two thousand and seven? Fiji, yeah. Wales, and Australia always seem to draw each other. And Fiji have, I think, at least twice they've knocked Wales out in the pool stage, or at least beaten, beaten them in them the anyway. yeah. yeah. Did Fiji beat Wales? No, they beat England. Tonga beat France in two thousand and eleven, and France went and got up to the final afterwards. Yeah, was that the very first game? It was the very first game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, there, there, there have been occasional great shocks. Um, obviously, Japan beating South Africa. We mentioned that one already in, in twenty fifteen. Wales, Fiji beating Wales in two thousand seven. Obviously, Argentina beating Ireland in two thousand. No, that was nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, and we nearly we nearly slipped up a couple of times in yeah, two thousand and seven against Georgia and Namibia. Yeah, if there are but going but to be shocks this time around, I do think it'll be probably Samoa. Okay, pick Samoa. Okay, uh, I could see Samoa beating even England. Or Argentina, and possibly even getting out of that pool. I don't think they will. I fancy England and Argentina okay. to get out. England are very good at pulling it together for World Cups. Even when England have been bad, they've gone well in World Cups. The only time they didn't go well was the time the host did it in 2015. They didn't they get knocked out in the, the pool did, stage yeah. themselves. Australia and Wales were in yeah. the pool with them. Uh, but they have they've no Owen Farrell, and they've no Vunapola. Will, will Farrell not be back? Not for the first two games. Ah, he'll be all right, though. He'll be back for the... But the first two games are the big ones. They're Japan and Argentina. They'll beat Japan. They'll probably beat Japan regardless of who they're playing. Japan are poor at the moment. They had, they lost the team they had in Super Rugby and they've completely okay. capitulated internationally because of that. Right. And Fiji picked up their place, so did uh, Samoa Tonga. So how many teams did Japan have in Super Rugby? One, the Sunwolves. Okay, and they're gone. They're gone. Okay, and what Fiji... And there's Fiji and Drua, okay. so they have one, and that's most of their squad. And then there's a team called Moana Pacifica, and that's made up of uh, a combination of Tongan and Samoan players. Okay. And that's really built a core and some stability for their Which teams. They, they, they missed forever. They did, yeah. Like They always had the flash running game, but now they have some structure behind fit, it. They have fitness, a scrum. This was always an issue with <laughs> yeah. the Pacific Island teams as well. Like. Uh, but no, if you, if you watch the Ireland and Samoa game, you can see that's not the case anymore. They have a real structure, and with the new thing where they can bring in uh, former players. So oh if you yes, haven't yeah, played, if you've been capped previously for another country. You can go back and play with Samoa or whoever. Yeah. Whoever, like even uh, Scotland, have a guy who played in the last World Cup and for Australia. 
South Africa have a guy who played the last World Cup for Ireland, Jean Klein, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, Tonga and Samoa have really taken advantage of that. eligibility, and that's no harm for those, those countries, but the owl eligibility rules in rugby leave a lot to be desired. Like, it's too easy. It's too easy to move to another country as project players. And it does, like, a CJ Stander with Munster was one of my favourite players and made a huge contribution to Munster and Ireland. But I do think it's a little bit watery. As soon as his career was finished, then he was up and back to South Africa. Back, yeah. Um, one the guy I'd, I'd keep an eye out on is Ben Healy with Scotland. You know, he's from Nina. He's only down the road. Jeremy Lukeman, he's actually a guy worth doing a profile on. Like, he's from a Thai. A Thai lad going to the World Cup. Really? Yeah. No, he he was born in the US, wasn't he? I think he was, yeah. But yeah, his family himself all Oh, the same as Joe McCarthy. There's two Irish lads who were born, born in the US, US but okay. moved here very, very young. He, um, he went to art school in the Trianoda in Italian and then went up to Blackrock College for fifth and sixth year. He's going to have a big role to play with Keane Healy being out injured, so he was the replacement. And uh, Dave Kilcoyne is injured for the Romania game. Okay, so, so Lockman so will Lockman definitely will feature bench, yeah. in the first game, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the Ireland play on Saturday at 2.30. Um, yeah, against Romania. against Romania. The Ireland games are on... RT or are they on Virgin? Both. They're on both. They're on both. both. Okay. Now, you'll be able to watch every game of the tournament on Irish TV, yeah. which is good. Uh, I think they have which them staggered. Which channel is Matt Williams on? He'll be on Virgin. So I watch RT. So. <laughs> which channel is Jamie Heaslip on? He's on RT. He's on RT. So, so, so it's to watch Virgin when he's on. When he's on, yeah. yeah. And which of there, I agree on both of those. <laughs> I can't stand. Oh. Neil Francis isn't allowed anywhere. He's cancelled. Good. Yeah, no harm either. Is, yeah. Yeah, he has yeah. nothing worthwhile saying. Like, no, he's an absolute pain of the highest he is, order. He is, yeah. Um, um, Anyway, uh, and the other big game, so, so New Zealand, France is Friday night. That's the big game. It's a big game Friday It's a massive night. game, but it's a massive weekend. It's definitely the biggest opening weekend in a very long time. I have a big week, a big Friday night. I've the I've known my own trend, I've nothing in that regard Friday night, but the, I, I was half thinking of going to look at the Junior C hurling final park, Rathanesca, Tim O'Hore in that. I want to go look at that for a reason. I also have to go to the IFA presidential launch. But New Zealand, France. <laughs> it might just be. <laughs> Sorry, though, if somebody is thinking that they might see me at something or thinking that I should be at it, covering it, or being leashed there, being represented at it. Yeah, the World Cup first round game. Now, look. Yeah, so that's Friday night. Anyway, Saturday. Friday night, Saturday. The big games on Saturday, 2.30 of Ireland against Romania. Ireland will win that by 50 plus points. Well, the spread, the spread is, is 62 spread? points. 62 points, okay. Now, I don't think they'll get the colour of that, but I do think they'll pick close enough to their best team. Okay. Like Johnny Sexton hasn't played since the Six Nations. He'll definitely start. Yeah. They're playing Tonga the week after that, and you want to rest most of your players for Tonga because you're going to get battered. Just, just eat them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it doesn't. The bonus points aren't going to make much difference in this pool, I don't think. I think it's just grind we'll out the wins. The wins yeah. But they want to get up and running against and then Romania. The week, do they play Scotland? No. no so South the first week. South Africa's the third game, yeah. and then there's a week off. Okay. Uh, it's a new thing in pools, yeah. Uh, well, no, it's a new thing in the World Cup. It's to give players a rest because four games, one after another, was okay. just proven too much. We're getting too yeah. many injuries, um, and then they finish up against Scotland. Okay, and that could be a playoff for second place, yeah. depending yeah. on how things go. Uh, the, the other games this weekend, then, of note, the two big ones on Sunday, and these are massive, and I'm going to miss them because I'll be working. But it's uh, South Africa, Scotland, four forty-five. South Africa will win that. They should do, yeah. yeah. And Wales, Fiji at 8 o'clock. Yeah, that could be a 33 um, 28 type score. Yeah, I'll get home from the second half, I'd say. But sure, Wales aren't much use at the moment, though. No, I mean, but Warren Gatland came back, which I think was a mistake because he should never come back. But he came back, he picked all the old lads, and they retired one okay. after another. As soon as Alan Wynn. There's sort of a generational gap there. There is, but yeah. like, they have a free shot at it, really, because they're not expecting anything. Uh, most people wouldn't even have them. Getting out of the group, I don't think they'll get out so of the who group. Who are you going to win? You're going with Ireland to win it. I France think were, uh, France and, were and my favourites, but I'm going to say as usual. But they will pull it together for this. 
they could very easily make a final. Yeah. And if they get to a final they'll probably win it. <laughs> um, but no, I think the quarterfinals are going to be amazing because yeah. no matter what be, you get, it'll be great. It'll be crack. brilliant. There's good games every week. There's, you know, it's not like the Soccer World Cup because there are fewer good teams, there's sort of more of a focus on the good games. It's, yeah. It's not so scattered going. And of course, in the soccer, there are poor games in the pool, the group stages as well. Anyway, we're looking forward to it. We're going to make a, we're going to make Alan watch a match. He, he's he, offline there now at the moment because he got fed up listening to us. But he's what, more important what, what things match to make Alan watch. Uh, France, New Zealand, France, Friday New night. New Zealand, okay. I was checking. Yeah. He's he's no matches to go to. Okay. He's no excuse. So that's yeah. the one. And if he doesn't watch that, he'll watch Ireland Romania on Saturday. Uh, well, yeah. that's a given. But, given, yeah, but yeah. Like I think if you're going to watch rugby, Dupont playing against the All Blacks in France, the opening game, yeah. he's going to see the hacker. What more yeah. does he want? All that's. Right. We'll leave it at that. Over and out. Good luck. God bless. Goodbye. The Leash Today Talking Sport Podcast. Brought to you in association with Booth Concrete. Booth Concrete provide high quality concrete products to Leash and the surrounding counties. Thinking concrete, think Booth Concrete. When quality matters.